The Old Romantics is, I guess, my connection with the past and with how the landscape makes me feel. And photography and art, it's the whole experience that Scotland gives you. And, you know, part of that is being cold or being blown away by wind or rain or eaten alive by midges. We've had it all. <laughs> but people will forget that if they are enjoying themselves and then there's something at the end of it to say, look what I did, look at that, it looks amazing. Hello, welcome to the Viewfinders Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Dargie, and this is the show where I meet fantastic photographers from around the world to find out what they're thinking when they lift the camera. My guest today is Christy Ashton, who shoots evocative, emotive portraits in the Scottish Highlands. Christy has a deep family connection to photography, and her work is quite unique, so I'm really looking forward to introducing Christy in just a minute. Well, how are you? Hope you've been well and you're enjoying your photography. For me, I've been busy mainly with corporate headshots for industrial companies, software businesses, accounting firms, that kind of thing. Really enjoying myself at the moment photography-wise, but I won't take up time to talk about it here. But if you are interested in what I'm shooting, you can check out my blog on my website, grahamdargie.co.uk, where I have some behind-the-scenes posts of the things I've been shooting lately. I'll put a link in the show notes. In terms of the podcast, well, just had a wee mid-season break there, which helps me stay ahead of things. I've got some great guests coming up over the next couple of months. Um, I had a conversation the other night with amazing Christina Mittermeier, one of the pioneers of conservation photography. Such an inspirational lady. I can't wait to share that episode with you. So keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, family life rumbling on as always, and I've been working up to my next Viewfinders Live events, which are coming up fast. Check out the ad slots as usual for the latest info on those. Okay, before we dive into the episode, let me invite you to connect with me on Instagram at Viewfinders Podcast. Drop me a line to say hi, and I'll give you a mention on the show. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Viewfinders on your favorite platform. It really makes a difference to the visibility of the show and I super, super appreciate it. All right, my guest this week is Christy Ashton, a portrait photographer who was born in Australia but now lives and works in Scotland. Christy took a long journey to find photography but her great, great, great grandfather was George Washington Wilson, one of the pioneers of outdoor photography who photographed Queen Victoria and John Brown way back in 1863. So her connection to photography and to Scotland runs pretty deep. Christie's unique style is a culmination of a number of ingredients from her personal journey, an innate sense of creativity, a romantic dream of Scotland, and a love of Renaissance painters, resulting in images that are somehow otherworldly, yet completely authentic all at the same time. Our conversation covers Christie's road to Scotland, the ups and downs of running a photography business through a global pandemic, why merinos are my favorite kind of sheep, and much, much more. Hope you enjoy this. Here's my conversation with Christy Ashton. Christy Ashton, welcome to the Viewfinders podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm so interested to talk to you today because I, I just think I discovered your photography a couple of years ago and I just thought it was really interesting. Like Glencoe is part of my photography journey and then seeing your portraits in there I thought it was really fascinating and the sort of stylized way of the portraits and then I checked in with you recently and it looked like you maybe you've changed direction slightly and then yeah. I read your bio and I thought oh there's definitely a lot to talk about here so <laughs> and I also I always like to have a slot for a Scottish photographer every now and again so that's that's you for now Great. Um, so, but I think your accent is sort of slightly south of Scotland. Where, where's your uh, uh, background? Where's your upbringing? It from? is. I'm originally from Western Australia. Um, I'm a country girl. I'm from a place called Albany. Okay. Um, so very different landscape to Scotland. Okay. So I'm thinking it's more dry and flat kind of thing or? Yes. Um, very dry, very flat, very hot. Um, but beautiful in its own way. <laughs> okay, and what did your family do there? Uh, what did my family do? Um, that's another long story. Uh, I've got so many of them. Um, my dad was originally in the Air Force, um, but he came back to, uh, so he traveled all, all around Australia. So I was actually born in Queensland and 
did a lot of traveling when I was very small, but he ended up um, become, going back to farming in Western Australia. So okay. I was, uh, my first few years, well, till I was about eight or nine, was um, pretty much in a very rural community. Okay. And is it, am I right to think the farms there are really, really big? Yes. Okay. And so I can't we... tell you how many hectares, because I can't remember, but it was a very big farm that we were on, yes. And so, like, your neighbour would be, like, how close is your nearest neighbour? What I remember as a child is that we had, like, our farm was split with a, a main highway, so my nearest neighbour was probably only about 10 minutes away. But if you look at the nearest town, you're looking at about an hour's drive. Okay. So, you know, wow. mum couldn't, you know, forget much on the shopping. Yeah, that's what I always think about remote places. Like, what do they do if they need something? I guess you just don't, you have to just get everything you need, right? And, you know, a, a small community like that is also very social. So everyone helps each other. Mm-hmm. So um, it definitely wasn't lonely. Okay. And so was it like cattle that they had or? Sheep. Oh, okay. Sheep and Brilliant. wheat. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you were this, you were destined for Scotland here. Yeah, um, clearly. Uh, <laughs> you can see the connection. <laughs> yeah, the sheep, because, uh, yeah, it's so interesting, like, you know, when you go around in the highlands in the west coast here, you just see sheep going about, and it's just kind of normal, right? But um, I think visitors must find it quite unusual, I suppose. Um, yeah, I actually had an, uh, an ongoing joke for a while on Instagram about I used to always stop for a sheep picture, because okay. I, I grew up with merino sheep, um, and here in Scotland there are so many different breeds of sheep. So I used to find it quite interesting. Okay, <laughs> I used to take, so, I love taking pictures of animals. So, so do you know a merino sheep when you see one? Then, like, are there differences? I yes. wouldn't know the difference between yes. one sheep and the next. Yeah, they're not. They actually classed as not the most brightest of sheep, <laughs> but they have the best wool. <laughs> yeah. I wear merino every day. Um, just, I'm so cold. I just have like merino t-shirts that I wear all the time. Oh, okay. So they're definitely my favorite sheep for sure. <laughs> um, so, okay. So I read that you were um, an only child and I really wanted to follow up on that because we are raising an only child. Okay. And um, it's, it's pretty intense from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, I was interested to how it was growing up for you. Like, did you feel that that you were missing out on having siblings or how was it for you from that point of view? Um, Yes and no. I think there were moments when I was an only child that I really wished that I had uh, a brother or sister. But looking back, I mean, I had a wonderful childhood and I think with an only child, you have or you develop an amazing imagination. And um, I've kept that with me throughout my life. So uh, it was great. and I think I had perhaps a better relationship with my parents because, uh, you know, I didn't have other kids around me. So um, I never had a problem with talking to adults, even as a child. So, um, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> OK, it's fine. OK, it's fine. That's good. Yeah, um, that takes the pressure off me a bit. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> and so when you were. Uh, growing up then what what were you into like you were were you never set up to be a farmer were you always going to be something creative I've always been creative um, right from the word go and I you know I spent a lot of time on the farm imagining other worlds I mean we used to have um, so the farm we're on it was as you described earlier very dry very flat but we had a swamp with paperback trees and I used to go to this swamp and imagine different worlds. My mum used to read me a lot of um, English childhood books, like Enid Blyton books. So I used to have this imagination that the swamp was the enchanted wood. Um, And, uh, yeah, I guess (laughs) you can see where I'm going with my photography. But, um, you know, I've always had that imagination. So Yeah, so what did you do after school then? Did you go to a creative uh, path after school or...? I didn't. I should have, but that was probably my first mistake um, because I I loved art at school. Um, and when I was in high school, I had a choice for year 10, which would be S3, that um, history and art were on the same line. 
So I was talked into doing history and I do like history and I didn't do art and that led me down a different path. Um, So uh, I was always told that creativity is great, but it wouldn't earn you any money. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up being a secretary and going to business school and ending up in an office job. So it led me down the wrong path. (laughs) Okay, okay. I, I mean, they're right about the money thing. <laughs> but, they uh, are right about the money thing, but there's more to life as I as I uh, learnt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so I guess history is is maybe more academic than, but they're, it's funny that they're on the same stream as art, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, and I mean, history is also very connected to art as well, mm-hmm. as I've worked out later on in life. And I also, I did a lot of creative things throughout my office job years. Um, so I was always sort of delving in and out of creative things. Um, okay. I used to sing. Um, I went to the US and I modeled for a while. I did amateur theater. And throughout this whole time, I always took photos at any event. I was the friend that took the photos of the event. Mm-hmm. I was the family member that took photos at the family events. You know, I was always doing that. <laughs> okay, oh, that's interesting. So it was always going on and you always wanted to have those creative outlets. Yeah. Um, I think if you have it, you you need to express it one way or another, right? Yeah. Uh, well, not that some people don't have it. I think everybody does. But if it's awake and you, and you, I think you need to definitely have those outlets. So, okay. So you were you had the the camera in your hand all that time in mm-hmm. a way, and there's the history and the creativity that you kind of fostered in your childhood. Yeah, and I can see all that coming together maybe for you later in life, which mm-hmm. we'll get to. I wonder was wonder, interested when you learned about your is it your great 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 grandfather, and is that what brought you to Scotland? Uh, no. Um, I always knew about my my great 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 grandfather okay. um, because my mum told me um, when I was quite young and she had a a little uh, picture that he, they had taken of Donata Castle. Okay. Um, and I always used to imagine what that castle was like, so I always knew about that. But you know, it didn't really mean much to me as as a child. Um, mm-hmm. But interesting enough, when I did come to Scotland, that was the first castle that I went to see, and it's still mm-hmm. my favourite. So. <laughs> yeah, it's something else, isn't it? Um, yeah. So how did, that, how did that feel for you, walking that, down that path to the castle? When For people listening, when you get there, there's a car park, and there's just like a straight, not that long, quarter of a mile or something path uh-huh. down in the castle. It just kind of reveals itself as you get there, and the castle sits on a small island off the cliff. Yeah. It's quite a spectacular view. I'm wondering how that feeling was for you in that moment that you'd had that picture your whole life and now here you are on the other side of the world. Amazing. And, and Scotland makes me feel like that. And I think coming from somewhere else as well, um, mm. especially where I was brought up with these uh, sort of, I guess, magical um, images of, of Britain um, and then seeing castles in real life um, was just, wow. You know, and I, I remember when I first came here, I, I couldn't, get my head around how people that who lived here just took it all for granted the history mm-hmm. and everything i mean this is amazing it's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no it's just normal for us yeah well the notre <laughs> castle is about 10 15 minutes from from me that way and whenever you go and we go there frequently just to walk or if somebody's visiting you know you always take them there or for photography as well obviously but there's there's always people there from all over the world. It's yeah. such a draw, mm-hmm. um, and it's I guess. Yeah, it's a it's a castle on a cliff, you know. <laughs> so um, okay, so where was I going with that? I, I mentioned your great 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 grandfather, who's George Washington Wilson. Yes. Do you, could you, for people listening, maybe you can give us a bit of a backstory or description on who that is? He. Um... Along with, uh, there was another photographer, I think his, his Valentine, I think his name was James, but I, I'm not entirely sure. He, they were both pioneer photographers in the 1800s. Um, and they had a certain plate technique that they used. And um, George Washington Wilson, he traveled around Scotland and 
he also went abroad in later years um, mm. and documented as much as he could. And he was also um, the royal photographer for Queen Victoria when mm-hmm. she was up in Scotland. So. Okay, so a significant figure in the sort of development and history of photography, I think. Yeah. Is it the wet plate technique, something like that? I'm not um, entirely sure. I did go up to Aberdeen and visit many years ago before I was actually taking um, photos. And uh, the guy at the uh, university was um, really good and showed me all the plates and went through everything. And um, I can't really remember what he said to me now. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so so he'd done, he had taken a lot of photographs of Aberdeen. Uh, I found that in my research for this. And there's a lot of them are kept by the university. Yes. And around, I mean, you'll see them everywhere around Scotland. You know, I often, um, you know, I'll go into... Um, a restaurant, a pub, a museum, any, and then there's one of his photos. So he famously took the um, one of the bridge being built, the oh, um, right. Fourth Rail Bridge, bridge. Yeah. yeah, and uh, obviously, and the one of Queen Victoria and John Brown. Right. Okay. She's on the horse. And, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what does that does that inspire you in any way, or do you feel like a connection to? George in any way or how does that work for you? I do I for a while there I was thinking that what I could do is I could go around Scotland and try to um, retake the images that he took but what I found is a lot of places are so different and and the trees have grown in the way that it's actually quite a difficult task um, but I do often when I see images especially of um, Glencoe area I just imagine what was he thinking when he was there? What was it like? Um, so it does definitely inspire me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was getting at, I suppose, what and uh, when and why did you first visit Scotland? Was it just to check out your history kind of thing? Or what brought you here in the first place? I always um, wanted to come to Britain. Um, it was just from a um, very young age because of the stories my mum had read read to me and also um, I was very close to an auntie, my auntie Dorothy, who was from England and she used to tell me lots of stories as well. So I was always wanting to come here um, and so I came on a working holiday um, with the intention of actually going to Ireland as well but I, I met a boy <laughs> and ended up in Scotland um, and yeah, I fell in love. I fell in love with, with the landscape. Just, I just, it was my destiny to be here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so let me quote this to you from your bio or from your website, if you don't mind. Um, the search to belong was over. It was the spectacular drama of Glencoe that brought us together. I think that's you and your partner. Yes. And gave new meaning to our lives. Um, and so that was when you kind of discovered maybe that sense of belonging is that right yeah um well a lot went on when i moved to scotland um i settled down and had children and this was probably the most uncreative part of my life because um i i was i was at home i was with the kids and i didn't really have much purpose and um my husband at the time, he um, worked in the oil and gas, so he was away a lot. So I started um, with an iPhone when the iPhone started popping up. I had an iPhone and I started taking the kids on lots of adventures um, because I was always very close to nature as a child. It's always been my solace going to nature and I wanted my children to have the same. So we used to go on lots of adventures with a phone and I started taking Um, photos and enjoying that and then of course the invention of Instagram happened and so I started posting these um, photos on Instagram because before then a lot of people like me used to post things on Facebook and no one cared you know oh that's that serial person that was always putting loads and loads of pictures on Facebook and you know people don't like that so I had this avenue of Instagram to put these these photos on and people started liking them and I thought well this is cool (laughs) I like Mm -hmm. this um, and it really inspired me to do more with photography. And then, of course, like a lot of people um, have this story, I bought my first proper camera, um, which was a Canon 6D. 
and that was the beginning of of my proper photography journey <laughs> okay and then so for what you do old romantics where did that come in along the way was that maybe when you had more space when the kids were a bit bigger yeah um so i guess with um how things were i wasn't being creative and this was a new creative outlet and um I was meeting lots of people uh, on Instagram and going lots of places in Scotland that I hadn't been um, before. And I just opened up my world. I mean, I was just, couldn't believe how beautiful Scotland was. Um, and it just changed my whole way of, of thinking about things. And I didn't want to work in an office. I wanted to, to be me. And I think that was the first time I was really me as an adult was, um, with behind a camera um mm -hmm. but in that whole um process my marriage broke down and uh i had to start again with with money and and have a house and have a job um and um so i had to think what what can i do i don't want to just be in an office job what do i do and that's so i guess the old romantics started because i had to make a choice mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's the best choice I could have made. Um, so, and the old romantics is basically, I guess, my connection with the past and with how the landscape makes me feel. Um, and photography and art, it's all, and I, I think, um, yeah, it all just came together. <laughs> I was really keen to talk with you about the location portraits. Could you, for people obviously listening, can't maybe see them right now, describe uh, what your portrait work is like and and the sort of atmosphere and idea behind it? Okay, I guess um, the environmental portraits I do are stylized, but they are, I guess, I have to come back from the fact that I am not from Scotland and I see Scotland in a... In a romantic way that a lot of people in other countries do mm -hmm. um and when i first went to glencoe i was totally blown away i was in mm -hmm. awe i thought wow and there's something about glencoe that as a lot of people say it's it's a belonging you, you, you can't actually put your finger on it you just feel at home and i did and all the clients that have taken to Glencoe, they feel the same way. I mean, I've had tears in the back of that car of joy when they just they go to that place. And it, you mm -hmm. just can't describe it. So um, I guess the portraits I do, it's, it's a lot of international people that generally do because they have the same way of looking at things, I think, as I do when it comes to Scotland. Um, and... It's it's fulfilling their then their Scottish dream in a way, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the way that I do my portraits is very kind of casual, and it's fun, and we do it you know very low key. Um, it's just a fun day. <laughs> so yeah, I was really wanted to talk with you about Glencoe because I know a lot of people listening will have been there and know what we're talking about, but. Um, I'm not bragging, but the the show is listened to in 96 countries around the world. So um, people who haven't been there, and you said it, you can't describe it, but I'm going to ask you to describe it. Um, there, there is something magical about Glencoe. There is. And it's, can you describe it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we look at um, a lot of places around the world. I mean, there's mountains that are far more technically beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Glencoe has, I don't know whether it's the history of the place or it has a sense of belonging that when you go there, you feel at home. I, I mean, I think that's the the only way I can describe it. Mm -hmm. And it, whenever I see anyone that I'm taking photos with, they, they feel the same way. And that's what mm -hmm. I try to capture in my portraits, the emotional connection with this mm -hmm. place. Okay. And so for for those people then, if they're traveling, to be there is an event in itself then, and that's going to really play into the the success of the shoot, I would imagine. Yeah. Okay, so the, the influences on, on the style of the of the photographs, um, that comes from old masters, like old painters, is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so are, are there specific ones or is it just like a style from a certain era? No, there's not a style from a certain era. I mean, I love Rembrandt. If we're going to go down, I just love the way that he works with light. And then, and every photographer will say the same thing. Without light, you don't you don't have anything. You need that mm-hmm. that light. Um, I mean, I like Waterhouse paintings. You know, I mean, my photography is very much based on art. That's how I look at it. It's mm-hmm. my art. I'm not a technical photographer. I'm an emotional photographer, and so a lot of my influences are from from art I see and then I try to channel that emotion into and creating something for the client so okay so if you are on a shoot with somebody who I just wanted to touch on the sort of mechanics of it you just you kind of meet you get together you go out to uh, Glencoe and then have you got a couple of spots that you like to work in or yeah I mean I don't exclusively work in Glencoe but generally most people want to go there and Glencoe is one of those places where it's quite easy because you don't have to go far to get, you know, an amazing image. Like a lot of other places in Northern Highlands, you know, you have to have a, a fair trek in somewhere. Yeah. Um, so it depends um, with with people. I mean, if they've got if they've hired a car, they've got a car, I'll meet them there. Generally meet them at King's House because that's a really good spot to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but, we, you know, we've picked people up from train stations, <laughs> you know, if they haven't got a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And we escort them around on the day. Um and I mean, you know, you don't know. I tried to make shoots early on. I've worked out with the weather. You I mean you can never ever predict the weather in Scotland, mm-hmm. especially in Glencoe. The Met Office will say one thing. It will say it's pouring with rain. You go there and it's sunny. What? Yeah. But it says you know you never. So you can. I can't plan that. But I generally find that early shoots are always better. I mean, sunrise is all, is the best time of the day, and that golden hour period afterwards is generally good and I find that the weather doesn't come in till a bit after that a lot of the time so that's the period that I'm generally trying to get people um, to start with but it just depends on a lot of international people you know they've only got so many hours and sometimes I've had to shoot you know in the middle of the day in blue sky yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's not yeah it's not what you think of when you're thinking of that kind of location isn't it are you given free reign by the clients to just do your thing or is there a collaboration going on there pretty much free reign i'll get a brief i mean clients uh will bring their outfits that they want to and a lot of people want to wear um classic oldie worldie costumes great Mm -hmm. goes well you know i always tell people women not to do too much makeup and hair because you're in glencoe your hair is going to be wild within about two minutes (laughs) But that goes with Glen Cole, so it all works. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we just go with it. I mean, they might have a few ideas, uh, but whatever ideas we have, something else will come along. You know, you can never predict where that unicorn is going to be mm-hmm. uh, when that light's going to shine, and we just run and we capture what we can. Okay, okay. It sounds like fun. And so are you shooting, and then is your partner doing the re- reflector or assisting kind of thing? Yeah, uh, Richard, um, he is... Um, he is everything else other than the photographer, <laughs> if that makes well, sense. So he, like that. he does take photos as well. Um, but he, he gets told, oh, I, I very much, I, I boss him about when it comes to photos. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. But he, he carries everything. He's, uh, he's holding the reflector. He's pouring the whiskey or the coffee or, you know, he's, uh, yeah, great. <laughs> great, yeah. So I just came across a picture there. I can imagine and see the the pictures in Glencoe that it's so such a great area. Like nothing is too far away. Yeah. And the, the shot I just uh, happened upon on your Instagram, is, I think it's Kilchurn Castle with the mist coming across. Yes. And there's a, a lady in the foreground. It's just a really special kind of image. So yeah, they must be amazing experiences for for the get and even for you. Just it's great to be out, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I mean, that shoot was quite a few years ago. That's when I first started. Um, and I knew there was going to be fog that day. Mm-hmm. And this poor woman, Laurel, she was from, uh, she's from Arizona, I think. Anyway, she was there with her teenage daughter, her, her best friend and her daughter. And they were staying in Edinburgh. 
And that poor woman, I told her, look, there's, there's a chance of fog at Kilchurn Castle. And when there's fog at Kilchurn Castle, we need to be there. Mm-hmm. So she drove from Edinburgh. This was in the middle of summer. At like They left at midnight. Right. To, to meet me at uh, the Green Welly, I think it was, at 3 a.m. to get there for sunrise. And the poor kids were in the back. They didn't want anything to do with it. You know? <laughs> I said, we need to go now. And we ran down there. And it was just like I was like jumping behind the camera thinking, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're the moments that, I mean, that you just can't plan. And there's been a, a lot of moments like that. And that's the the great the spontaneity of the way I, I work is like there was another moment in um Glen Etive um down at uh Locker is it uh, uh, Locker yeah yeah um and I had clients down there and it was it was a moody summer day there was rain of course when there's rain there's a chance of rainbows and there was this amazing rainbow just came out over the lock when we were shooting and I said get in the water. So this poor girl got in the water to have this shot with a rainbow. And I said, this is a moment you'll never forget. I mean, she soaked a dress, but you have to do it. <laughs> Those good. moments, yeah, you can't plan them. <laughs> yeah, you, but you have to grab them and yeah. it's like you're good at that. But yeah, I think it's Loch and Ur, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's just everywhere around there is amazing. So yeah. Um, uh, well, thanks for going through that with me. Um, I was wondering just again, like I looked at you, your website and I wondered if, I wondered if you had to change direction during the pandemic. Am I reading that rightly? Yeah. Or okay, yeah, maybe it was, obviously it was a hard time for everybody. But what was that like for you? It was it was quite a shock because it. I think it was year three of the business, twenty twenty, and things were really ramping up. And it was the first year that I was booked out with my portraits. Mm-hmm and then so yeah you're just COVID getting happened. going starting to feel like you've got some momentum this is happening yeah and, and yeah, uh and then... they were all cancelled overnight all of them because i mean at the beginning people were just postponing but as it turned out they all then cancelled because yeah. we just didn't know when they were going to be able to travel again and i did a few local shoots but i thought you know this is not sustainable and because the majority of my clients are international well uh, you know there's not much I could do and I did think about going down the wedding route but there is a lot of amazing wedding photographers and uh, I find that actually quite stressful I like mm-hmm. being in the environment and being doing what I I was doing so yeah. I decided to diversify instead mm-hmm. and okay. that's where the shop came into play it's still obviously it's still Scottish photography is it more like nature photography landscape kind of thing or no, it's it's more it's it's Scottish photography, um, and well, there's there's lots of different things that I sell in the shop. Uh, Richard, uh, he can draw, so he he can okay. draw beautifully, and um, so he we sell um, art as well as photography, and we also make different keepsakes and things. So Etsy, um, we decided to be the platform, and it's been really great actually. Mm-hmm. It's really saved us over the last year or so. Okay. And so for you, what does it look like for you now as a photographer? Are you? How does your photography work shape up now compared to before? It's given me a lot of thinking time. And for a while there, I was actually thinking maybe doing less photography. But uh, I've been out in the last few months again, and it's come back. And it's been... It's been great. I've been out taking photos of everything. Because when I first started photography, I was the photographer that was taking pictures of bees on flowers, just everything and mm-hmm. and anything. And in the last few months, I've been doing that again. Okay. <laughs> and um, portrait shoots are also happening again this summer. So it's it's coming back. It's taken two years to get back to where I was. Um, so I'm really glad that I started the shop. So I've got two, two things going now. Um, mm-hmm. So okay, it's all so happening. People, yeah, I was just going to say, people can find your Etsy shop. Um, and the shop name is The Old Romantics, yes. right? Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes for that so people can check that out. And so there's some photography there. There's cars, illustrations with Nessie and uh, Pipers and yeah. Puffins and things like that. It's a really nice shop. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the pandemic obviously was really hard for business businesses like ours anyway. 
Mm-hmm. And I I had to make a change during the pandemic as well. So I was doing a lot of the tuition, landscape tuition. So one of the last things I did before the pandemic was a tour in Glencoe with a, a car full of people going around all the landscape spots, which was great. That was in January um, 2020. And um, just as time went on, it, it just it was so uncertain that we would be ever be able to get people together again or you didn't know when it, it could have been five yeah. ten I mean who knew we just didn't have a clue so I had to make a choice at some point to change my direction mm-hmm. which was fine but it's it's probably maybe what you were feeling as well it was a bit gutting because it, you put so much into just getting to the point where you were to then yeah. have to just drop it suddenly it was I'm sure people experienced it worse in that time but yeah it, it was kind of yeah not ideal let's say but Okay, so I was glad to hear that the portraits are coming back because it's so special what you do with that. And so are you, are you having local bookings or are you getting back to the international bookings again? Or do you feel like you have to start um, churning for that work again, if you see what I mean? Yeah, I've actually had um, just in the last couple of months um, a lot of um, inquiries and all my, my bookings, I think barring one, are international again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that should be fun. Um, the, the first one's actually next week. So, uh, I'm Great. quite excited. Yeah. <laughs> good, good time of year for the early light again. Yeah. But... <laughs> Let me take a minute. If you don't mind, we can talk about your camera gear. Okay. Um, so, what is your go-to camera and lens combination? Right. Okay. Um, so I'm a Canon girl. <laughs> okay. Only because I started many, many years ago. My first camera was a Canon PowerShot. And so I know how Canon works. So obviously my first camera was a, a Canon 6D. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I still use a Canon 7D. It's clunky now. Um, but uh, my head is wired that way. So... Yeah. Um, that's what I still use. I did try a Sony, which is um, great. And I, I can always identify people who take pictures with Sonys. That's a Sony. I know I can tell right. by that image. It's a Sony. And I thought, I want to do that. And I got one, and I just could not wire my head to change from a Canon. Yeah. So uh-huh. <laughs> I know what <laughs> <Yes>. you mean. <laughs> okay. And so is there a favorite lens you've got when you're shooting portraits? or? I use um, Tamron lenses. I use a 24 to 70 Tamron, and um, it's not the standard portrait lens. People always use the 50, don't they? But I like the flexibility, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, and that's pretty much the lens I use. I've got a 70 to 200 sometimes that I use, but um, pretty much it's the 24 to 70. Okay. It gives you... A, a, the right flexibility that you need in that location don't you because yeah. it's it's outside but it's it's tight it's not a, a big space that you're in uh-huh. um in glencoe so yeah i think that's about right i think you're using natural light only is that right so you're just yeah. using the reflector to to help to yeah. sort of yeah gloss that up a bit i try to yeah, i use as little as possible um so it's it's also good for the client because I think with a lot of equipment it makes people a little bit more nervous, and mm-hmm. if you're only just carrying a camera and you know it relaxes people a bit more. <laughs> Great. And then is processing a big part of your routine? Yeah, I would say so. I think um, the nature of my photography is, and I think it's because how I started um, when I had kids around me, (laughs) that you don't have time to just stay in one spot for hours. I mean, I'd love to have time to, you know, wait for something amazing to happen and have a tripod and take a landscape, but I've never had that time. Um, so, um, what I generally do is, you know, I capture the best moment I can at the time and then I tweak it in Photoshop to the emotion that it gave me. Okay. So it's it is it's not multiple images, you know, of of one location over three hours. It's just that moment, and mm-hmm. I capture that moment in Photoshop. Uh, let me ask you: Is there a weird thing? What's a weird thing I could find in your camera bag? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm starting again. What's a weird thing I could find in your camera bag? 
Um, you know what? I don't have any weird things in my camera bag because I literally just carry my camera because Richard, he carries everything. So we have everything from hand warmers, safety pins, hair grips, whiskey. You know, whiskey. Um, he's got uh, plasters, everything. I mean, there's not... <laughs> there's, he, was, he used to be in the army, so you can just imagine what he carries, okay. so which, which enables me not to have anything. I do have a face mask that I use... To wipe the lens. <laughs> okay, okay. Is it you find that's a, a better than a lens cloth? Um, I lose lens cloths. I do have some, but I don't know where they are. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. The whiskey. I wanted to follow up on that because if you're giving people an experience, obviously, as part uh -huh. of what you do. How much whiskey does it take to make the shoot better? One dram. It's one, one dram that... is all is needed. <laughs> Okay. To make someone feel like a supermodel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm taking notes on that one. I could definitely use that in my. It also warms people up when it's cold because uh, one of the challenges I have with shooting outdoors in Scotland is people are always cold. So mm. you know, you you put someone in a location, you got them in a really really warm jacket, and then and they're wearing you know a strapless dress underneath, and you say mm -hmm. right. We're going to take the camera, we're going to take the jacket off and then I'm going to shoot. And then trying to get that image before they turn blue is quite mm. a challenge sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, they're going to kind of tense up as soon as that comes off. So practically, that's, there are challenges for you to get by there, there right? Mm -hmm. But it's part of the fun as well, because people won't forget when they're drenched and cold through and then they get this image and they think, wow. Yeah. I look warm. How did you do yeah. that? <laughs> White balance. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but I know what you mean, but it's it's all part of the great experience. Are you approaching it feeling like you're giving an experience like with that mindset? Because I think yeah. if you take care of people and meet them at King's House, it's a beautiful place, obviously, mm -hmm. the, the whiskey and everything. Yeah, it's, it's more than... Uh, the Highland portraits are more than just taking a photo of someone in a beautiful landscape it's the whole experience that scotland gives you mm -hmm. and you know part of that a lot of the part of that is being cold or being blown away by wind or rain or eaten alive by midges we've had it all mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but people will forget that if they are enjoying themselves and then there's something at the end of it to say look what i did and look at that it looks amazing yeah so it's it's a whole package yeah it's great i think because it's your own story as well you're mirroring for them there's an yeah. authenticity there that you, you probably couldn't replicate like i could go and take pictures of people out there but it wouldn't definitely wouldn't have the same feel because it's not my authentic story do you know what i mean oh thank you <laughs> yeah so uh, okay that takes us to a round called double exposure i'm going to ask you about the story behind uh, one of your pictures and okay. then I'll invite you to tell me the story behind one of your favorite pictures as well. Um, so there's a picture, uh, there's a couple really that I wanted to ask you about. One is the sort of mermaidy kind of one. Um, and the other one I think I'm going to ask is there's a uh, man in a sort of hat and top hat and tails kind of thing with an old camera. Um, All right, look, okay. Looking down the glen. I yes. was wondering what the story was behind that image. Um, that's actually quite a good story. I'm glad you picked that one. <laughs> I was actually, it was a weekend um, up in Inverness and I did a shoot up there and it was August and it was very, very, very busy. And it was that that man in the um, hat is actually Richard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that wasn't actually planned that day. Um, but we decided to go via Glencoe on the way home instead of the normal way because I was sick of the other road. So I wanted to go a different way, which was a really bad mistake actually because it was so busy between Inverness and Glencoe. It took us ages. So we, um, it was a beautiful summer's day and we, I wanted to get away from all the people. So I had an idea with that um, old camera, which is actually just a cardboard thing that Richard made for me, mm -hmm. an idea for another shoot that we hadn't done yet. Um, so I had it in the back of the car. So we decided to um, get away from the people and climb up the hill. But the, the aim was to go onto the ridge, you know, the, the famous ridge. I can't think of the name. Uh, it, it Ralston Point? Or, no, that the, the really dangerous ridge on the, on, in, the, 
in the valley. I can't think ah, of the name. Okay. But, no, I don't know. Because I thought that would be an amazing picture in summer because the light comes down the valley. Um, so Richard was carrying everything as normal and I was carrying the cardboard camera. Pretty much crying on the way up to the hill because I, I was scrambling because I couldn't get up and was holding this cardboard thing. Oh, yeah. um, and we just we got to the top of the ridge and realized actually the light wasn't going to be there. It was going to be halfway down. (laughs) So I slid back down again, um, got him into the suit, put the position and the light just came through that valley and it was amazing. Mm. Um, So I'm so glad we did that that day because it wasn't planned at all. Um, Yeah. And it's cool. It's really cool. Does that do some work for you with regards to, you know, getting some attention online? Yeah. Um, I do a couple of shoots like that. I mean, I, I use friends sometimes or Richard, poor Richard or myself to um, demonstrate what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I have other, other work as client work. Um, that shot got some attention. I think um, the most attention other than the one that you described earlier of um, Laurel at Kinchern was um, a lady who was at the pass in her um, wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Um, that probably got the most attention. Okay. Because it was very, very dramatic Scotland <laughs> that day. Okay. So if I bounce this back to you and ask you to give me the story behind one of your favorite images or just a great story from your photography journey, would that be one that you could talk about? Um, oh, there's so many. I mean, it's really hard to just pick out one great story. I've met so many amazing people over the last few years. You know, I think one person that really stood out to us was um, American actress Maggie Giha. She was probably the most positive person I've ever met. And her positive energy, um, right from the word go, just made the whole experience amazing. And she used to be a model, so she was a dream to work with as well. Right. Um, but that day, everything came out, rainbows, highland cows appeared, you know, we met a piper, you know, everything that was <laughs> Scotland in a box that day. Right. Um, and she, it was just a really, really fun day. So I think that's a really memorable moment. Um, also the one with the rainbow that I was telling you about the poor mm-hmm. couple that day, which I got the lady to go, um, into the lock in a dress. I also pushed them aside so I could get my own landscape picture that day as well because I said, I have to make the most of this. Because um, part of the experience of the portrait shoots is the people you meet. I mean, we've made so many friends um, from all over the world. I mean, we could pretty much trip around the United States in every state and stay somewhere. <laughs> um, I always talk about photography as a journey for me. And one of the things that um really grabbed me about you was I, I felt like it, it sounds like it's been a real journey for you as well with those experiences and people and places so um thanks for sharing all that christy um that brings us to the final round which is the quick fire round which i call motor drive oh, so goodness. are you ready for some quick uh, fire questions okay <laughs> <laughs> okay you sound excited so let's go for it um wide angle or telephoto Oh, that depends on what I'm going for. I mean, I actually, I don't own a wide angle lens, but I'm going to say wide angle because I curse every single day I'm taking a landscape that I don't have one and I've had to borrow from a friend. So I'm getting one very shortly. So okay. wide angle. <laughs> Great. Okay. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Stay up late or wake up early? Uh, I'm an early bird, so early. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. I am a wake up early person in the summer mm-hmm. or when I get into the, like the first time is the hardest time. Once I wake up early one day, I'm just in the rhythm of it. Yeah. Um, but um, so I'm getting there. I'm, yeah. I just, one of these days I'm going to wake up early. Again. Nothing beats being outside early, early in the morning. It's the best. It, it is, is the, the best. best. Um, okay. Uh, expensive lens cloth. We've kind of touched on this or the corner of your shirt. Uh, corner of my shirt. <laughs> good yeah all the best (laughs) so uh okay what's your go-to emoji go-to emoji that's an interesting one um i actually use the the um koala because i'm australian Uh, even though i'm from western australia and there are no koalas but when i started using that emoji there was no kangaroo so that's that's (laughs) that's my identifier (laughs) okay it makes sense it's a whole language you know um okay i'd like to ask about music 
Best Scottish or Australian band? I'll let you choose. Oh my god, I can't choose that. There's so many <laughs> Australian band. Oh no, you put really put me on the spot. You know, I can't even think. Um, Powderfinger. Powderfinger. Oh, okay. Link in the show notes. Um, I was going to say um, Men at Work because I know the, uh, the guy is Scottish, isn't he? Yeah. Or... Australians not really that keen on Men at Work. Oh, really? Just saying. Okay. Because I, well... we get quoted that a lot. <laughs> oh, you really? <laughs> okay. I can imagine you do. Okay. What's a weird thing I can find in your camera bag? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, just a camera, because Richard has it all. Other than a face mask that I use, sometimes use as a, as a wipe. I think okay. that's about it. A lipstick? I don't know. Well, that's, that's not weird in yours. That would be weird in mine, I think. Um, <laughs> okay, name a photographer, or maybe there's an artist out there, that we should all know. A photographer? Well, there's a lot, all the artists that I like are old school, so I'm going to go with... The photographer that I follow on Instagram that I absolutely love is Fran Mart. Okay. His uh, photography is so emotional. I just, he's amazing. What kind of uh, genre does it sit in? He does landscapes, he does portraits. Uh, you, it's a certain style. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he's just, emo- the only way I can describe him is he's an emotional photographer. Okay, we'll look it up and then I'll put a link in the show notes for people. Um, last question when do you feel at peace with the universe Uh, I would say anywhere outdoors where there's no people (laughs) (laughs) or in my garden over the last two years (laughs) okay I can relate okay thank you Christy really really appreciate it thank you Um, no it's just so awesome I hope that the um, portraits really come back to you because it's so unique what you're doing I'm right into it. So thanks a lot and I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Follow Christy on Instagram and check out her website to see more of her amazing portraits. Links to everything we spoke about are in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out my conversations with Audrey Woolard and Karen Waller. That's all for now. Take care, enjoy your photography and I'll see you out there.